are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome in. It's the Locked On Eagles podcast, and it's the first time, ladies and gentlemen, who are watching that we are going live on StreamYard. Me and Gino are going to be doing this now, I think, on the weekly, Gino. So you guys can always find our podcast on any podcast platform, obviously, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey. Uh, radio.com is now odyssey in case for those of you that don't know that stitcher you name it we are available on all platforms and now we are available on Streamyard as well and gino today's mock draft monday and what we've only got today and next monday and then the nfl draft starts we've only got a couple more of these yeah three i looked at it today like today three, three. and then two more mondays but we're about less than three weeks till actually being there so we're, we're right there man and you, you just keep hearing more and more little breadcrumbs of what's going on 100 percent, man and that's that's the thing though i mean we think we know mm-hmm. everybody thinks they have an idea oh, of how no idea. the top five is going to go the top 10 and then you know a couple years ago the raiders take cleveland farrell and so it's the NFL. It's very unpredictive for sure in the NFL draft, even in the first round. But today on Mock Draft Monday, something that we haven't done, Gino, so we like to spice it up. Normally on Mock Draft Monday, we do a seven-round Eagles Mock Draft, right? But the last couple of weeks, we've been doing some different stuff, right? The listeners made the uh, first four picks for us a couple of weeks ago. Then we did Mock versus Mock, where we both did a seven-round Mock Draft and saw which one the listeners liked better. And then um, this week, actually, what we're going to do is a predictive first round mock draft. So we're actually going to draft for all 32 teams, including the Eagles, at least at 12. We'll see if maybe a trade up happens, maybe a trade down that could be on the docket in mock draft Monday today. But that's what we're going to do is a predictive mock draft where so I'm going to have pick one. You have two. I have three. We're going to go back and forth and see exactly because, again, you have no idea. Nobody really knows how the board's going to fall. Every year there's crazy picks. There's some that you expect, and there's others you're just like, how did that happen? Each time we've done a live draft show together the past couple of years, there's been some shouting on the show, just some pure excitement and just pure shock. But today we are going to give our best shot at predicting these top 32 men. So are you ready to go? I got pick one, but you will have the Eagles pick at 12. Yeah, it should be fun hearing what our listeners have to say about the pick, especially if it does end up being a quarterback that's there. I'm just kidding. I don't think one of these guys goes to 12. Yeah, right. I mean, that's look, again, this is predictive. So if one of the quarterbacks were there, I would be all over that. But again, that's just it's not Mm going to happen with the Eagles. So I don't really even have to say much to start here with the first overall pick with the Jaguars. This is going to be Trevor Lawrence. Gino, I think he's, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's like by far the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck, but I think when it comes to the closest thing to a sure thing, Lawrence sure does feel like that. So you have the pick, man. Unfortunately, this might have been the quarterback the Eagles wanted, but look, the Eagles wanted to move to pick three at one point, but it was only for Zach Wilson. They did not see Justin Fields or Trey Lance as worth it, but this is the reason they didn't move up, man, because the Jets are going to take him, and we know that now that Sam Darnold is a Carolina Panther. Yeah, I'm sure Joe Douglas gave Howie a little heads up about that whole pick and kind of told him, yeah, we're taking the guy that you want. So if you want to move out of there, now's the time. All right, so I have – this is kind of when the draft really starts, right? Mm-hmm. We know the first two picks. It's going to be Trevor Lawrence. It's going to be Zach Wilson. Right. I want this to be Mac Jones, not for the 49ers. I think it's crazy if they do it for all the reasons we've said on the podcast before. But for the Eagles, because again, I think it's a bad, there's a better chance that if Jones goes here, you know Lance and Fields are still going to go in the top 10, and that pushes some good prospects down the board for the Eagles at 12. However, 
I refuse to believe that Mac Jones is actually the pick here. I do not think you make this lateral move from Jimmy Garoppolo to Mac Jones, giving up a ton of draft ammunition, multiple first round picks for a quarterback. That's like a joystick, right? A Jared Goff type player that you can win with. But I mean, the the slogan we always use here when it comes to quarterbacks, win with versus win because of you Mm -hmm. give up this kind of ammunition to get from 12 to three to go get a guy that can elevate you regardless of your roster. And to me, that is so clearly Justin Fields or Trey Lance compared to Mac Jones. And between these two, look, I think Trey Lance is the highest upside of any quarterback in this draft outside of Trevor Lawrence. But I do think Fields has almost equal upside. And I just think he's a sure thing, right? He's been proving it for years now on the highest collegiate level. He's coming off one of the best games I've ever seen a college quarterback have with those six touchdowns against Clemson. You look at the speed, you look at the arm power. I think with Kyle Shanahan's offense, Brandon Ayuk, you know, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, this has got to be the move. And I think Justin Fields will be the pick at three eventually when it's all said and done. Yeah, I, I really do. Uh, when I look at it, the Mac Jones thing just doesn't make much sense to me. None. When you look at scouting, he's a one-year guy. He literally played for one season. That's always a that's an X. That's a negative thing when you're looking at it. The knock on Trey Lance is he's only had less than 20 starts. Right. But the thing is, he would have been the starter for a full season. You have to contextualize that. So, Gino, now we do with TDN Premium, we do have the ability to trade here. So whether the Falcons take Trey Lance, whether somebody else moves up, is Lance the pick here? Or do the Falcons take a skill position player like Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, an offensive lineman like Penny Sewell to build around Matt Ryan? This is really, I think the draft starts at three because we really don't know what the Niners are going to do. But you know that's a quarterback. This is really when we start like anything could happen. Yeah, it truly can. I mean, the thing with Atlanta is you have a new head coach coming into this season. Matt Ryan and Julio Jones are at the tail end of their career. Do you believe you have one last ride with Matt Ryan? That's what you have to look at. And if not, I don't believe you trade out of this spot because you take whatever quarterback is there that's left if you like that guy enough. And it being a five-quarterback draft at the top, you have a chance to get Trey Lance And if you want to run it with Matt Ryan another season, I think Trey Lance is the guy that you bring into Atlanta and let sit for a year. And then if it doesn't work out with Matt Ryan, you move on from his contract, obviously, after this year. Same thing with Julio Jones. Your coach is in his second season with Trey Lance, and now he's the guy to take it forward. I believe if Trey Lance is there, that Atlanta would be smart to take him. Kyle Pitts definitely would. But when you look at longevity, how long is Matt Ryan going to be there with Kyle Pitts until you're in quarterback purgatory? Yep, I think it's a great quarterback class, and that's why I wanted the Eagles to pick one really, really bad. I think this is not the year to pass on one, and the Eagles don't really have a top 10 pick a lot throughout their franchise's history, but they think that Hurts is on an equal level, at least to Fields and Lance. Mm -hmm. I disagree. All right, so top four. All four quarterbacks going Mm -hmm. off the board here. We'll see where we can maybe fit Mac Jones in this top 10 if it does help the Eagles. But at the same time, this is a predictive mock draft. So we'll see Mm -hmm. if we actually think foresee it happening. This is where the draft gets interesting, at least from the Eagles perspective, because they moved down from six with a comfortable feeling that the Bengals were going to take Jamar Chase here. I don't think that. And again, everybody's like, well, Kyle Pitts could be there, too. I think for the Eagles, if they knew Jamar Chase would be at six, they might have turned down that deal with Miami. But. I don't think it was Pitts or Chase for the Eagles. I thought the Eagles wanted Chase, but they were willing to move down and collect an extra first round pick, knowing that Kyle Pitts is a very good chance that he's there 
at six. And so with the Bengals, look, I think Penny Sewell makes the most sense to protect Joe Burrow, but I think it's so enticing for the Bengals. And you see teams, Gino, surrounding their young quarterback with two, three amazing weapons. Everybody in the NFC East right now is doing it outside the Eagles. And so you get Joe Burrow, his old LSU receiver in Jamar Chase with Tyler Boyd and T Higgins. I don't know. I, I think that's too good to pass up. And I'm also going to do this just for the Eagles uh, fans and their comfort right now, because if this doesn't happen and Chase is there at six, I feel like Philadelphia is going to burn to the ground. So for right now, let's just have Eagles fans relax for at least a couple more weeks before maybe the reality is Chase does fall to six. But I think Sewell would make most sense, but I think Chase is the pick here. Today's episode of Locked On Eagles is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but you've got the draft coming up and you can bet on NFL draft props. You've got the NHL, the NBA, all in full swing. And guess what? BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to play your bets and it's free to sign up head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code locked on that's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n for a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts you are up now here at number six overall it used to be the eagles pick but they moved down to 12 collect a first round pick in 2022 and the Miami Dolphins go from 3 to 12, back up to 6 here. Is it for a receiver around Tua, or what could they be doing here at pick 6? I think Kyle Pitts is the pick. I, I really mm-hmm. do. I think they're, they're infatuated with him. I think when they said they got their guy when they moved back to 6, it just makes too much sense to me. I, I, I believe they know that four quarterbacks will go in that first five round area, or first five picks overall, and then potentially that Penny Sewell pick, or Jamar Chase, for example. And Kyle Pitts would be that pick, in my opinion. He's just a dominant unicorn. He's he's going to flourish there with whoever's throwing him the ball. And I'm jealous that he'll be picked at pick six. But we'll get a good mm-hmm. player at 12, no worries. Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, and Kyle Pitts for Tua Tugo Viola in 2021. He won't really have excuses, Gino, in 2021. Preston Williams, too. Guy. People keep sleeping on him. Yeah, Preston Williams for sure as well. And uh, if not, the Dolphins got a lot of ammo in 2022, kind of like the Eagles, they've mm-hmm. kind of built that optionality. They're giving Tua a chance, much like the Eagles are giving Jalen Hurts a chance, but both teams could go in another direction in a year if those guys are good, not greater, you know, just average. Speaking of average quarterbacks, the Detroit Lions mm-hmm. are on the board here at seven with Jared Goff there. Look, Gino, if Mac Jones, Mac Jones to <laughs> three, <laughs> that's just the Spider-Man gif, literally yep. in like quarterback form with Jared Goff mm-hmm. and Mac Jones. If Jones was the pick at three, and Fields or Lance did fall to pick seven, I could see that being the pick for Detroit. But I again, like I think that's a lateral move, just like the Niners right. taking Mac Jones would be. Same thing for the Lions. You have Jared Goff, no Kenny Galladay anymore in Detroit, no Marvin Jones. They sign with the Giants and the Jaguars. I mean, what does Jared Goff have to throw to? I mean, what, they can't run the ball 40 times with DeAndre Swift. So you look at the board and you look at wide receiver, Jalen Waddle's still there, Devontae Smith. They could use a cornerback. A lot of the guys we want for the Eagles could be the pick here. Patrick Sertain, J.C. Horn, an offensive lineman like Penny Sewell is just really good value for Detroit here. But I think they ha- – look, if they want to make Goff relevant at all this year, that again, that is not a quarterback that elevates a receiving core much like the Eagles had at the end of 2019. So you got to get him some weapons. And I think Jalen Waddle would be the pick here. Ah, I don't mind it. I, I don't mind that pick at all. 
Carolina is interesting here, Gino. They get mm-hmm. Sam Darnold at quarterback, so they're not going to take a quarterback. Offensive line, Penny Sewell is still on the board. They could use a corner. Like If the Eagles want J.C. Horn or Patrick Sertain, they're going to be sweating out these next four picks right here. Carolina, Denver, Dallas, and New York. Carolina could take one, but uh, what are you doing here with the Panthers? So I would propose a trade back for Carolina in this situation Ooh, because they okay. just gave up some picks to get Sam Darnold. They still have a very young team that still has a lot of holes. I talked about New England being a team that could potentially trade up to get mm-hmm. Mac Jones. You had the 15th pick, Lou. Get Carolina some more picks. They'd still get a top 15 pick, and the Patriots get their guy. I think that's a Bill Belichick move all day. If they had to give up another, what, like a two and a four to get up to that spot, or maybe even right, a one. 15 to eight, that's, what, uh, seven spots? I could see it being a two and a mm-hmm. four, probably. I think that could be reasonable, or even a one next year if they think they could do well. But I can see Carolina wanting to move back to accumulate some more picks and still having a top 15 pick. And with all these quarterbacks being here, there's going to be a team that falls in love with one of these guys and wants to get up into the top 10 and take their guy. Yeah, New England does have three fourth-round draft picks this year, a two and a four to move up seven spots for your – I mean, and again, Carolina knows you want a quarterback, so there's some leverage right there. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do it. New England gets into pick number eight. Carolina moves down the board to 15. Awesome. So take Mac Jones, and then I'll pick at 15. That's All right, good. sounds good. We're going to go Mac Jones with the eighth overall pick. So one A very reasonable scenario that this could happen, that – five quarterbacks go in the top 10 and that just continues to make the board so much more interesting for Philly at 12. Okay. Denver, they seem stuck still with Drew Locke. There's a lot of teams, you know, that have really good rosters that just seem stuck. Denver, mm-hmm. Chicago, Washington in the NFC East is one too with Ryan Fitzpatrick, but there's nobody here to take with Jones going at eight. Penny Sewell is just, I think too good a value here to pass up. I think they could mm-hmm. use a linebacker or a cornerback more, but I think the Broncos go for value and protect Drew Locke considering He's got weapons, so now you need linemen. Yeah, it's not even just the fact of protecting Drew Locke. It's the fact that you can upgrade the left tackle position where Garrett Bowles hasn't been what you thought he would be for you. And Penny Sewell to last till almost the 10th pick, that would be crazy. And I, I believe that that would be a pick any day of the week. Cornerback, they shared it up. They signed three guys in free agency. I think that Penny Sewell is the guy there. I like that pick a lot, Lou. All right, so you have the Dallas Cowboys. So, so far, so good. Though. In, this, in this scenario, the Eagles would be guaranteed mm. to get, or no, they would not be guaranteed to get one of the four we want. But, and with the two NFC East teams in front, who knows if they'd steal one of these prospects. So, Gino, are the Eagles going to have a chance at Sertain or Devontae Smith? We'll find out. What do the Cowboys do here at 10? I think the Cowboys are looking for cornerbacks here, unless they get Kyle Pitts, which Jerry Jones has been rumored to be in love with. I think they stick with Alabama corners, much like they got Trevon Diggs last year. Pair him up with his buddy, Pat Sertain. I think that would be a good pick for them. You have to defend the wide receivers in this division. Good pick for the Cowboys, and I hate to say it, but within the last couple of years, I've been applauding a lot of these NFC East picks that aren't yeah. the Philadelphia Eagles. I was going to say, man, it's Dallas and it's Washington. I mean, not the Giants, really, but but Washington and Dallas have done some, right. some good work in the past couple draft classes, and I hate to say it as well. So this is when we'd be really sweating it out for Devontae at pick 12. And again, you could take, you can go another route as well when you're up at 12 here. Look, the Giants, they have, they signed Kenny Galladay to a huge contract, right? They have Darius Slayton. They have Sterling Shepard. You've got Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley. Daniel Jones has weapons now. 
look, I think, you know, a David Gettleman pick would be Micah Parsons or Quiddy Paye. They really, that seems like a pick mm-hmm. for sure. So you drafted a lineman last year. I Rashawn Slater is good value here, but dude, I just, I think, I think Micah Parsons is such a David Gettleman pick and I wouldn't do this here. I, I wouldn't, but David Gettleman, this is the kind of picks he makes. And I think edge and linebacker, the biggest needs on defense, Parsons can kind of do it all. I think that's the pick. And I hope it's the pick. Maybe it's a little bit biased here with that, with that selection, but that's just, I'm trying to think of read the room and see who the giants general manager is. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense, Lou. I, I can see that happening all day. I could see it being Devonta Smith to add to what Daniel Jones has. Right, it could be an abundance of riches like the Cowboys did. So I'm exactly. not going to throw that out the window, but you know. But this this does make a lot of sense as being the New York man. Giants pick. All right, man, you have the Eagles pick at 12. Devonte Smith's on the board. Rashawn Slater, you know this Eagles team loves taking linemen. This would be ideal for the Birds. Is it Horner Smith, and who would it be between those two if you're taking one? That that what makes it tough, man. I mean, you can reason to say that this is such a deep wide receiver class, and you could trade back up into the second part of this draft to get a good cornerback. And you can also say that about the wide receiver position. But Lou, it would be so against what I have said on this podcast the last two years to not select. You you have it over there for a reason. Yeah, what, yeah. what have I said about the four Alabama cornerback or wide receivers that have been drafted in the first round or in a, are going to be expected to in this season and last? What did I say last season? Which one you did talk, I like best? You like Devontae Smith even when they had Ruggs, Judy, and Waddle. I said he was the best of the four. Uh, I think he is an outlier when it comes to the whole weight and frame what he did 1800 yards last season with Mac Jones. Like it wasn't like you had two of there anymore. Jalen hurts. You did that with Mac Jones and you put up a thousand yards the season before. And not only is he just a wide receiver, Louis, a special teams ace. He's a gunner. I mean, he does everything for them. You got to take the slim reaper, man. It's just a sick (laughs) nickname. He's a great player. He could play the X for you. He will open up the playbook for you. And I believe that trading back up into the first round to get a cornerback, to get a guy like Greg Newsom or Asante Samuel could happen any day of the week, especially if you get a guy like DeMonta Smith up top, because you're not assured to get a guy like Rashad Bateman in this round, Lou. I think you you take Devonta Smith when he's there, take the playmaker, take the guy that will help develop your young wide receiver room, your young quarterback, and your young offense moving forward. Yeah, it really fits. Smith then can be your wide receiver one. Jalen Rager fits into the Z there, and you find your mm-hmm. slot receiver. Maybe it's Quez Watkins. You know, Hopefully it's not Greg Ward again this year. Maybe you draft another guy or you sign a free agent. But Devontae mm-hmm. Smith at pick 12. I love it, Gino. You get a top receiver like you wanted at six, and you collect an extra first-round pick in 2022. I'd rather have, personally, I know Eagles fans love Jamar Chase. I'd rather have Devontae Smith in a first than Jamar Chase. So if this is the way it plays out, I'm going to be pretty happy. Yeah, and th- and that's the thing. We keep saying it. They're not just one piece away. There's so many pieces away. And potentially having three first-round draft picks is huge because if you have Jalen Rager and Devonta Smith or Jalen Rager and J.C. Horn, for example, you're still going to add three first-round picks next year that is going to continue to build up this new core that you need because the old core, it's aging out. It's old. You need to get younger. You need to get faster. And either one of those guys that you take there at 12 is going to help you on either the offensive side of the ball or the defensive side of the ball, adding athleticism, 
adding playmaking ability. I mean, just the list of guys that J.C. Horn and Devonta Smith have gone against on either side is it's crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. either one of those guys, SEC talent, they have it all. They have the athleticism. They're going to make you a better football team. But Devonta Smith, man, he, he's the guy I've wanted for two seasons now. I would have taken him last year at 18, and I'll take him now at 12. 100%. Devontae Smith going to the Eagles at pick 12. So I'm up here with the Chargers at 13. And Gino, look, you got your quarterback now in Justin Herbert. Rashawn Slater just makes way too much sense here value-wise. You get your quarterback a tackle of the future. Mm-hmm. Slater's, I mean, some people think Slater might go ahead of Penny Sewell in this draft. So to find him at 13 is great for Los Angeles. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that could happen too. I think there's a very legitimate chance that Rashawn Slater could go first. And if you're a betting man like you and I, that's something you might want to put in at betonline.ag. But this is one thing that you need help for Justin Herbert, whether it's a playmaker, whether it's an offensive tackle. I think you get one of the two, and you get Slater here to help out your guy. All right, man, the Minnesota Vikings. If there was a quarterback here, I'd consider taking him over Kirk Cousins, but there is no one available. The Vikings love taking cornerbacks every year. J.C. Horn's still on the board. Uh, The Draft Network says they could use a safety, an interior offensive lineman, a corner, an edge. What does Mike Zimmer do with this Minnesota team? I think if you need interior offensive line, which they definitely do, they still have Kirk Cousins there. I think Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC could be a very good pick for them there. He's a guy that could be taken in the middle of the first round, going to be the first guard taken. I think he would be a good pick there for the Minnesota Vikings. Protect your guy in Kirk Cousins. Run those inside zones with uh, Delvin Cook, which you love to do. Perfect mm-hmm. pick for them there. I think the Carolina Panthers at this point, look, they might they could take J.C. Horngino at 8. And so if you can get him at 15 – moving down with the Patriots here as they move up to get Mac Jones, as we did earlier in the mock draft. I'd be comfortable with J.C. Horn at 12 as well, as we talked about. I like Devontae Smith better than Horn at that pick, so I think you made the right call, but I I think J.C. Horn, you can make the case, is CB1 over Patrick Sertain. So with Carolina, no Razul Douglas there anymore. He is a free agent. They brought in A.J. Bouye, but but at the same time, that's a stopgap, short-term corner. Mm -hmm. They have Jeremy Chin at safety, your rover. They need a corner of the future now. That's, that defense is a lot of young talent up front, deep at safety. Now you need some cornerback help. And I think J.C. Horn, again, talk about value. That's an incredible pick here for Carolina. Yeah, they could go offensive tackle or they could go there. I mean, but if a guy like Slater is there, you take him with that 15th pick if they do move back. But they need, much like the Eagles, they're not one guy away either. They need multiple players. Their entire draft last year was on defense, and then they started out with defense again this year. Right, they're, They need picks in the worst way, and they need picks on offense too. But corner, they're just as bare as we are here in Philadelphia. But they don't have Darius Slay there. They need somebody, and I think J.C. Horn would be a great pick for them. J.C. Horn to the Panthers. Gino, you've got the Arizona Cardinals at pick 16. They could probably use an offensive lineman, but I just don't think Cliff Kingsbury in that air raid offense really prioritizes it that much. So I don't know if they would do that here. No, I don't think so either, Lou. And I'm looking right now, if I'm this team, I'm looking to trade back as well because they're a team that needs to collect picks for the future too. But just where and who would trade up, that's the thing. Go back to the players available. I mean, a team could love Aziz Ojalari at edge. I mean, a team like uh, Tennessee... They need edge rushers in the worst way. I think Ojalari could definitely be a pick for them. And with Arizona, 
I'm thinking they need help at like running back. If you could get one of those guys in the later half the of this man. first round, yeah, that could be a, a potential like getting ETN or Travis Etienne makes a lot of sense for their offense. I just think 16's too rich if you're gonna go running back, and yeah. they they have an older team and they're going to age out very quick. I mean, you see a lot of these signings that they're making. They're making the run now. They're they're in Kyler's rookie window. They want to make that run now. But you still need picks moving forward, and they have a pretty complete roster to pick at 16. So I think they have an abundance of riches. You know what? Let's try the Jets. They have an abundance of riches too. They can they use can help for edge. or maybe they, like a Rashad Bateman right here. Or yeah, 16. you know what, Lou? You want to do that? The yeah, Jets let's do that. Receiver. I mean, uh, what are you going to do? Throw to Corey Davis for the entire season, and that's really it. That's all they've got. Yeah, Denzel Mims too. I mean, Bateman would be a good pick. Very good pick, Lou. I like that idea. I think let's see if we can offer 86. Since the AI is kind of being difficult, we'll we'll put yeah. Bateman here because I do think the Jets could offer, you know, going from twenty three to sixteen to offer a three and maybe mm-hmm. another pick is pretty realistic. And again, the Jets with Zach Wilson now get him some weapons. Bateman, I think, is worth moving up for. So I'm up on the clock here for the Raiders. They hate Josh Jacobs, so they're going to take. Tra- I'm just kidding. They're not going to take <laughs> Travis Etienne, but look, it's the Raiders. They could do anything here. They could actually use some receiver help, right, to go opposite Henry Ruggs, but. You know they lost so many offensive linemen this year, mm-hmm. and they, but they, I mean honestly they chose to do that, which is right. I'm not really understanding the logic with the Raiders, but nonetheless they did. So I think Christian Darrisaw, the offensive tackle mm-hmm. of Virginia Tech, is the pick here to get Derek Carr some help up front. I, that was a great offensive line. Not sure what they're doing with the future up front, but uh, they're going to have to continue to address that now in the first round with Darrisaw. Yeah, definitely. No, I like that pick a lot. They completely overhauled that entire core so that could be a perfect pick i mean they just paid colton miller to be their left tackle the future you need a right tackle after you traded trent brown darisaw could be that guy that you move to right tackle and plays excellent there all right man you've got miami's pick again here at 18 we went with you went with kyle pitts at pick six so they could use still some edge help running back maybe linebacker interior offensive line what are you thinking here for the dolphins I think that after they traded away Shaq Lawson, that edge is a big need for them. And Aziz Ojolari fits perfect for them. I mean, he can play three-tech, five-tech, throw him all over, play, drop into some spot coverages. He can do basically everything. I think that'd be a good pick. Go offense first, get your guy at six, get a guy in defense at 18. They're going to be a good team next year. Speaking of good teams, I really like Washington this year. I, I know, man. Their roster, if they had a quarterback, they're a quarterback away from being a title contender. I could see it yeah. them trying to move up for somebody like Trey Lance. But if they stay here at 19, look, their roster's pretty set. I mean, you've got Terry yeah. McLaurin and Curtis Samuel at receiver. You've got Antonio Gibson at running back. Your front seven looks really, really strong, or at least the defensive line. Um, so you're not going with a guy like Jalen Phillips. You could use offensive line help. You know, Trayvon Morig as well from TCU could make sense. You could use some secondary there. Greg Newsome maybe or Asante Samuel Jr. I think Tevin Jenkins, though, is a pick here at Oklahoma State and uh, continue to bolster up those lines. So I think Tevin Jenkins is the pick, but I can see them really going anywhere. You know, they've got a lot of optionality. So they have some needs, but there's nothing. There's no like glaring holes. Yeah, they're a team like Arizona that's pretty patched up pretty well being here for Chicago they could do a lot of different things they could go wide receiver they could go cornerback for example I mean they have so many different needs I think after losing Kyle Fuller that they have a huge need at cornerback especially to wait for Caleb Farley or is Greg Newsom does he make more sense here 
I think Caleb Farley, people are going to be scared of with the injury, but it's not as crazy as Sidney Jones. Like, right. I don't it's not think a as much. I think Caleb Farley could be a good pick for them. Yeah, I get nervous about it from a perspective of seeing what happened with Sidney Jones in Philadelphia. But like you right. said, Caleb Farley, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't certain and horn versus mm-hmm. horn throughout the early part of the draft process, man. It was it was Patrick Sertain versus Caleb Farley. So yeah, I think it's good value. And like we said, Chicago's got a pretty good roster. They did lose Fuller, so they could use immediate cornerback help, but I think Farley would be worth the wait. So the Eagles and Colts have made a trade already this year for Carson Wentz. Gino, I wonder if this range is where Philadelphia starts to maybe think about getting back in here, right? For a receiver or cornerback. We took receiver at pick 12 with Devontae Smith. The Colts gave the Eagles a first slash second round pick, depending what Carson Wentz does this year in 2022. Carson Wentz, I'm try- I want to do good by him, but again, this is predictive. And so like for me, I'm like, you've got Michael Pittman, you've got T.Y. Right. Hilton. I would love to give him Kadarius Tony. Just give him what he didn't have in Philadelphia. But I do think it could be realistic because I do think the Colts roster is pretty good. We kind of talked about the Cardinals and some teams that could be looking to move down and collect picks. You know, again, it's a seven-round draft, so I think the Colts will be okay if they look to move down. I just want to see what it could take if we're the Colts here and we call up Philadelphia, who might want to move up for a corner themselves in Greg Newsom. Mm-hmm. If the Colts are sold on Greg Newsom, they're not going to move down here, but I want to see what it could take because I think a trade like this could be pretty realistic for both sides. Gino, what do you think it would take to get from 21? Obviously, it would definitely take 37, maybe 84 as well. I think that looks pretty good, and it's green, so... I think it would be worth it. Look, I, the Eagles have another third. They've got a ton of picks next year. For Greg, if, if we can come away from day one with Devontae Smith and Greg Newsom, I mean, that's that's kind of a haul to me. Do it. You, you have the, you have both picks, 21-37. They're both oh, this is a so. This is a dream scenario for me. All right, brother. So we're back on the clock. The Eagles are on at 21. I love Asante Samuel Jr., but I, I've been watching Greg Newsom the past couple of days, and I think he's the pick here for sure. So we yeah. get our receiver and our cornerback opposite uh, Darius Slay. Yep, totally agree, brother. Ladies and gentlemen, today's episode of Mock Draft Monday is brought to you by the best tasting protein bar on the planet. It's Built Bar. 18 amazing flavors, six new ones, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, you name it, all available, including the 12 OG flavors. My go-to is peanut butter or peanut butter brownie. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. It's great for the health conscious guy. Only 180 calories in every bar and 19 grams of protein. Go to BuiltBar.com today and use our promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you're going to get a 15% off discount on your next order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Greg Newsom. Greg Newsom to the birds at 21. Devontae Smith to the birds at 12. What are we doing here now with the Titans at 22, Gino? They wanted to stay, so who do they want? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, they must be loving somebody right now. They have tons of needs. I, they didn't make many great decisions, in my opinion, in free agency. I, I didn't love a lot of them. I think they could potentially look cornerback here, especially with the run that's happening on them. We always talk about these runs, Lou. Sure. Eric Stokes could be a guy. I mean, they're fine with getting smaller corners. They had Malcolm Butler. They had Dory Jackson. Stokes provides you that athleticism that you wanted at Dory Jackson, but he actually uses it functionally. And I, I think Eric Stokes with this run that is coming could totally be a pick there for Tennessee and they could panic and and take one of those guys. 
Yep, because they would lose, I mean, back-to-back here. Caleb Farley at 20, Greg Newsom at 21. Right. Even if it's not the Eagles, I think the Colts could take Greg Newsom. So I love it for the Birds, but then the Titans take Eric Stokes. All right, so at pick 23 with the Cardinals, who decide to move down to 23 from 16 and collect some picks. Is this where they go, maybe Travis Etienne, and get that running back next to Kyler Murray? I don't think it's going to be Etienne as much as people do think. I think mm. Javonta Williams is going to be the first one taken. Wow. I've heard okay. talks that he's going to be. I, I like the Javonta Williams pick. I think he would fit into that system fantastically, If even if that's a word. I don't know. But Javonta Williams, he's <laughs> a smooth character, man. He He can run the football. He'll fit right in behind that offensive line, especially with the wide receiver game. It's going to open up the field for him. I love that pick for Arizona. Javonta Williams, the UNC running back to the Arizona Cardinals. And Gino, you're up again here with the Pittsburgh Steelers who talk about stuck. Big Ben running it back. I know they won 11 games last year, but man, I don't think they're going any farther than the first or second round. So what could they do here? I mean, they could use corner, right? Steve Nelson on mm-hmm. the block. That could be a move here. The cornerback run is going. Maybe somebody like Asante Samuel Jr. They could use offensive line help. They could use a running back themselves. Mm-hmm. What are we thinking here with the Steelers? They have a ton of needs, man. And they're another aging roster. But a team that loves speed at the linebacker position, I could totally see them go with a guy like Jeremiah Owusa Kamora, the Joker. I, I could totally see that pick, especially with Devin White coming off uh, – some injuries. You know what? Zaven Collins. I think they're a team that would be in love with Zaven Collins. Small school guy out of not small school, quote unquote, but Tulsa is one of those schools that you're not thinking of all right. the time with prospects wise in the draft. Zaven Collins, he's a bigger body guy that they definitely could use there. They love athletic linebackers. Zaven would be a great pick for them. All right. Zaven Collins, the linebacker from Tulsa, going over to the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Jacksonville Jaguars already had them pick one. They get their franchise quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. They've got Marvin Jones, a receiver now, LaVisca Chanel, DJ Chark, James Robinson, a running back. It's a pretty good-looking young offense in Jacksonville. They could use probably another offensive lineman, but, uh, Gino, that kind of got picked clean now. I mean, Landon Dickerson is down there, but they could use tackle help more than the interior. So the guys available left, I mean, edge rusher, teams could always use an edge rusher. I think Jalen Phillips would be – Pretty good value here. Trayvon Morg, the safety out of TCU. They could also use a cornerback to go opposite uh, C.J. Henderson. But I think Jalen Phillips at 17 is just really good value. You lost Yannick Ngakwe, right? You have Clavon Chazon, but who knows if he's going to be your edge rusher of the future. So I think you do that again in back-to-back drafts and kind of rebuild that front where you've been picked clean, right? Dante Fowler gone, Ngakwe gone, Kalias Campbell. Replenish that with young talent. And I think Jalen Phillips is that guy, the edge from Miami. Yeah, I don't mind that pick at all. I like that selection, especially before Cleveland, a team who could use edge help. But they could also use interior defensive line help. Christian Barrymore, who apparently has been in talks to be a top 15 selection, if he's there at 26, just makes way too much sense for Cleveland to take him here. I think Barrymore is the selection all day long. Christian Barrymore from Alabama over to Cleveland for their interior defensive line. Let's go, baby. I get my pick for Lamar Jackson, and I got to get him some help. You love him. I do. I love me some Lamar Jackson, and he got Sammy Watkins this offseason. That's not a bad wide receiver three. You've got your burner in Hollywood Brown. So with Mark Andrews as well, it's not a terrible uh, top three. When it comes to passing, I think there's one guy here that's like perfect for them for their style of offense that they need in the worst way. With what they have stylistically already, you have your field stretcher in Hollywood Brown. 
Mm-hmm. You've got Sammy Watkins who can move inside and out, and he's also got speed. I just think right now they could use an X, a bigger receiver that, you know, one-on-one can go up and get the football. Lamar Jackson's never really had that where he can just say, I'm throwing it up to you. You're, I mean, Mark Andrews has been that pick for them. Mm-hmm. So I think when it comes to what the personnel they already have on this offense, I like Kadarius Toney a little bit better than Terrace Marshall Jr. from LSU. I like Elijah Moore a lot as well. I think Terrace Marshall, though, makes the most sense for Baltimore. Absolutely. Um, I When I was in the scouting academy and we had um, John Peterson was one of the instructors who was one of the scouts for Carolina, and they always said that they had to draft taller wide receivers like Calvin Benjamin, for example, and Devin Funches because the ball would always go a little high for him. Right. R. Jackson, he's not the most accurate guy, but he'll, he has the arm strength to put the ball down the field. And especially with a guy like Terrace Marshall who could go up and get it, that makes Hollywood that much more dangerous when you have two guys that you now have to account for, not to mention they have James Prochet and Devin Duvernay that you have on the inside. Sure, that I didn't would even think of that. Yeah, For a yeah. lethal offense match with Mark Andrews on the inside, I think Terrace Marshall is a great selection for them there. Gino, Terrace Marshall, too, another thing about him, he made bad quarterbacks at LSU last year look really good when Jamar Chase was gone, and so was mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson. PFF, actually, they're – their one stat said Terrace Marshall Jr., when he played on the outside, his quarterbacks had the highest passer rating when targeting him in college football. So mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson can use that on the outside, a guy that even if the ball isn't perfect, he can make a tough catch because as much as I love Hollywood Brown for what he is, that's not that guy. Sammy Watkins isn't that guy anymore. Marshall Jr. would be that guy. Yeah, I like that pick for Lamar. All right, what do the Saints do here, man? This is an interesting team. Drew Brees retires their roster. It's kind of like Washington we're talking about, mm-hmm. Chicago. They're still going to try to win now. What do they do? They could use corner, receiver, edge, but those positions, you look at the last 10 picks, 15 picks, they've kind of they've been picked clean. Linebacker's a very good selection for them. I think Jeremiah Awusu Koromora is the pick for them because they lost a lot of linebackers this offseason, Anzalone, Quan Alexander. So, I mean, the Joker, I think he would be a great selection there. They need speed there at the linebacker position, especially when you're going to defend guys like Christian McCaffrey in that conference or in that division, rather, you need a guy like the Joker. I think that's a good pick for them there. I am running to the board from Green Bay. I don't know if they're finally, they got to finally do this for Rodgers, right? <laughs> Last know, year, right? get him a receiver. Nope, we're going to take Jordan Love. Rodgers, like, fine. I'm going to go win MVP anyway. This year, take the damn hint, get this guy some help. They've got Devontae Adams, right? One of the best, if not the best mm-hmm. receiver in football. Of these guys, Terrace Marshall Jr. off the board now between Elijah Moore and Kadarius Toney, both players you're going to get the ball in space, manufactured touches, probably will both thrive better in the slot, especially Moore. They both have a lot of the same similarities with their explosiveness, their ability to separate. I love Kadarius Toney, and I think when you already have somebody like Devontae Adams, that overall complete receiver, I think Tony could be that really fun wide receiver too, that you get the ball in space and kind of get that weapon that green Bay really doesn't have that guy that can, whenever he touches the ball, like he can make a 10 yard, like a a three yard quick screen pass into a home run touchdown. So I think Tony would be a great pick for green Bay. And they finally just start building around Rogers and maximize this window they have with him while they still have him. A great number two for Devontae. Get it out in space quick for him. They really don't have that guy. All right, you get the Buffalo Bills. We're both Buffalo natives. Yeah, potentially could be a trade-out spot here for Mm -hmm. the Buffalo Bills. There's been talk that you see Jameen Davis from Kentucky, which I it doesn't make any sense why he's in the discussion to be a first-rounder, but I love that TDN has him on the predictive board. I've 
This is one of those things that I've been saying. When you put the breadcrumbs together, I keep hearing his name, keep hearing his name, keep seeing his name in these discussions. They could use help at the linebacker position depth-wise with Matt Milano, with Tremaine Edwins. They could use depth. They could use help in coverage, either at corner or linebacker. But I think if you took a guy like Jameen Davis, it would only fill in the puzzle to what we're hearing in the first round. And it makes sense with the the rest of these teams that we have. Maybe Kansas City, but I think Buffalo would be willing to take a chance on a guy like that. Yeah, look, normally I would think the Bills right now would lean towards cornerback, running back, receiver, but the way the even edge, but the way the board is falling, mm. I, I don't love Jason OA from Penn State. I, I don't personally like Quiddy Pie. And they kind of took a pass rusher with a lower ceiling like AJ Epineza last year in the second round out of right, Iowa. That's why I don't see Pie being that guy because right. it's like there's their ceilings. Like they're both right, right there. Yeah, so th- that doesn't make much sense. And if you're not a running back guy, the Bills could really take anything here. So I don't hate this pick at all. And like you said, Davis, I think Daniel Jeremiah was talking about it the other day that he's going to go up draft boards and don't be surprised if he's a first-round pick. And I, I wouldn't don't even, see it. But... And I know we saw Owusu Karamora as a first-round pick. I wouldn't be surprised if – I don't think Davis is a first-round player, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's the second linebacker off the board. No, I wouldn't be sure. From what we're hearing, like you have to pay attention to what like these people that are close to the situation, like the NFL, as in Daniel Jeremiah and a lot of these other individuals who know when you hear these names, like we've talked about Tevin Jenkins, for example, Christian mm-hmm. Barrymore, I'm t- Jim Nagy, for example, said Barrymore will be a top 15 pick. He also talked about Jameen Davis. So that's one of those things. It wouldn't be shocking at all. We've seen crazier picks happen. Wouldn't shock me in the slightest. All right. We saw Patrick Mahomes running for his life in the Super Bowl, Gino. I got to find him an offensive line. And look, receiver could make sense here. Sammy Watkins mm-hmm. gone. Michael Hardman kind of struggling with his overall receiving game last year. So Elijah Moore. But Elijah Moore is kind of already what you have with Hardman and with mm-hmm. Hill. So, I mean, what are you going to do? Have three of those guys? Rondell Moore is similar, too. So if, like, a Terrace Marshall Jr. was available here, that would make some sense. Right. But you really haven't had that. So I think it's got to be a lineman. I mean, Mahomes mm-hmm. is running for his life. And uh, between Samuel uh, Cosme from Texas, uh, you've got Landon Dickerson from Alabama at 32. They could use help just across the board. I'm going to go with Dickerson here. You just mm-hmm. It didn't matter how much talent you had on offense, man. It didn't matter how talented Mahomes was. If he's running for his life every play, you have no chance. Totally agree. Gino, you have the final pick of Mock Draft Monday, a first-round predictive mock draft where we went through all 32 picks, and we end this with Tampa Bay Buccaneers at number 32. Mm-hmm. What are we doing here with the Super Bowl champs? So, yeah, if Antonio Brown isn't going back and Rondell Moore is on the board to pair with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, I mean, talk about a match made in heaven. At 32 overall, Moore will probably be right in that 30 to 37 range. That's a perfect pick for them. Somebody that runs routes very well, can get open in those areas that Antonio Brown did for them, and let Chris Godwin and Mike Evans go do their thing. I think that's a great selection, especially if you want to run it back with Tom Brady and company, which they are. All right, so to recap what we did for the Philadelphia Eagles in our 2021 first-round predictive mock draft right here on Mock Draft Monday, Geno had the 12th overall pick between J.C. Horn, the cornerback of South Carolina, and Devontae Smith, the receiver of Alabama. He went with Devontae Smith to go opposite Jalen Rager. And then I moved back in for the Eagles, going from 37 in the second round, giving up that pick, and their second third-round pick to get up to number 21 
to take cornerback from Northwestern, Greg Newsom. Gino, they need receiver help. They need cornerback help. Howie Roseman has not been able to get these positions right for a decade now. And so, or at least most of the majority of the decade, go back-to-back in the first round. You have still a lot of picks in the next couple of drafts, so you can give up some. You can be aggressive this year and go get two awesome talents. Like I think this might be the dream scenario for me is coming away with Devontae Smith and then Newsom or Asante Samuel Jr., and Newsom's the pick here at 21. So I'm, I'm happy with what we did for the Eagles today. Yeah, you have the ammunition. You have 11 picks overall in this class. You have tons of picks next year. I don't think they want to give up a ton of picks because you still have many, many holes that you have to fill. But if you're only giving up a three to go up and get Greg Newsom, you get two top 25 talents in this class. I love it. I think you're going to have to need multiple pieces at both of these positions. So even if you mm-hmm. don't take one there at 21 if you move up they're going to take one at 37 they have two picks in 70 and 84 that will also probably be one of those two positions as well if not safety i'm just excited man there's so many possibilities like we saw today in this Mm -hmm. predictive mock anything can happen we know it can happen especially when the draft comes around everything that we know like we think we're lining up dominoes perfectly here comes the nfl with that big hand from the (laughs) end of uh what is it? Super Smash Brothers, oh, you know, uh, that big yep. hand, and they just yeah. smack all the dominoes over and just say, no, you guys know nothing about the NFL and what or, you did uh, all those cabin drafts. inside the woods. Uh, yes. I had a giant hand as well that came. Yes, in exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but man, this, it's it's we got a couple weeks here and we just you never know. And that's why it's fun. This was a predictive mock draft and we think mm-hmm. we have a good idea, but that's why it's fun to see when the real thing happens, because you're always just on the you're flying by the seat. man, And so. We'll see what happens. Thanks, everybody, for tuning into this live edition of Mock Draft Monday on StreamYard. You can find this live show once a week on Twitter at LockdownBirds, at DiBiase, L-O-E, at GC24 underscore football, and on our YouTube page. YouTube, it's um, Lockdown Eagles. You just type it in, and our channel will be up there. And then, of course, our podcast is audio as well, five days a week on any podcast platform. So for Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. This has been your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Locked on Eagles, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And let's go, birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.